You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast, where your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show. If you are new here, welcome to the Hot Mess Express. We are so excited to have you here. If you are digging what you're hearing on today's show, make sure to click that subscribe button to get our new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you are already a part of the fam, welcome back, my friend. We are so, so, so excited to have you back. All right. And today we have a treat for you. If you have ever wanted to get a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be an Instagram influencer, or if you love the ideas of partnering with brands you love to share their products with your audience, but either one of those ideas just scares the bejeebers out of you and you have no idea where to start, you are going to love today's episode. We have the incredible Josie Bullard on the show today. Josie is an Indiana living, content creating, business owning gal with a zest for helping other people turn their creative passions into a reality. She dropped out of college to pursue her dream career and believes that you can pursue your dream life too. You can find her now as a digital creator and influencer by day, as well as the host over at Behind the Feed podcast. She focuses on colorful and captivating content and strives to inspire and connect with her followers. Guys, Josie is such a gem and we are so freaking excited for this conversation. She dives into how to navigate brand collaborations, cultivating long-lasting relationships with those brands, influencer myths, and behind the scenes of content creation and her creative process, and her advice on how to grow online. It is just such a joy to talk to Josie, so I won't keep you from it any longer. Let's get her on the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Josie, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to just be on here chatting with you ladies. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, we are stoked. (laughs) You are just a creative, talented genius, and I can't wait to take your brain on this little (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. (laughs) Oh, we're so excited. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit of your story and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Josie Bullard. Actually, recently got married. So I was Josie Sanders, and now I'm Josie Bullard. Um, I'm a digital creator and an Instagram influencer. I've kind of been in the industry full time for about two and a half years now, but I've been working in the creative realm for quite some time. Um, my passion actually started in high school. I started a little mini photography biz shot some senior portraits uh, for like $40 a piece, way (laughs) underpriced, but it was a super fun time. And I just loved photo. And I kind of just started getting intrigued with Instagram and everything that it entailed and just kind of posted some really creative photos, started just putting myself out there, but with no real motive, just because I just loved it so much. And I also had a YouTube channel at the time So I just love being creative and I love sharing my passion for like makeup, fashion, things like that with the world. 
And then I went off to college. I was going to be a graphic designer. I got there and it was not what I expected it to be at all. I just, I just felt like something was kind of missing. It just didn't really hit the mark for me. And meanwhile, I had this whole side hustle going on on Instagram. Um, it actually built my audience up to 10 K at the time. And I just felt this, I just had this gut feeling like I saw so much progress and so much potential over on Instagram. And I actually ended up dropping out of college after only going for a semester. That was fun to break it to my parents, but they were super (laughs) accepting of it. Um, (laughs) and it was really nerve wracking though. Um, because I had actually never gotten paid off of a collaboration before, but I just had this feeling that this is something I was meant to do. And I just kind of took a huge leap of faith and went from there. And so I've spent the past two and a half years building my audience up to over 100K followers now. Um, I've worked with over 200 brands um, and I've done a lot of really cool things along the way. And so it was honestly the best decision I ever made of my entire life. And that kind of brings me up to speed with where I am now. Oh wow. my gosh. Okay. That's so exciting. Okay. I cannot wait to talk to you. Just, I, <laughs> I love also that you dropped out of college. I know that that is mm-hmm. an unconventional route, or maybe it's slightly becoming more conventional now, yeah. I guess. But um, I went to college and I got two majors, and I literally don't even, I never picked up my diploma, which is just laughable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad I went to college just like for the experience, <laughs> but I feel like that story is a lot more common now. <laughs> Yes, it is. I feel like at the time people looked at me like I was crazy. And also at the time people really didn't know what like an influencer was. I just Mm -hmm. feel like people were like, you just post photos online. Like that's not a job. That's not a career. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Just watch. (laughs) I feel like now when I tell people what I do, pretty much any adult of any age knows exactly what I'm talking about. Just so much has changed in general over the past few years. And similar with just people going to college, I feel like and getting a degree versus pursuing some kind of passion they have online. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Well, for anyone who actually doesn't know you, I just want to encourage you, like pause this episode and go check out <laughs> Josie's work because literally drop dead, mind blowingly oh jaw dropping so gorgeous. So <laughs> you're so sweet. No, seriously. If anyone doesn't like know you or isn't familiar, they need to like understand how extremely talented and creative you are before Aww. receiving all the goodness from you today. So. <laughs> oh, you're so, you're so sweet. Okay. Well, Love let's it. like dive straight on into just like mm-hmm. brand collaborations. Like let's just get to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, I think it's a topic that a ton of people have questions on. And I know you just said you've worked with over mm-hmm. 200 brands, which is incredible. Yeah. So we would love to hear a little bit about your thoughts. Like how do you even get started working with brands? Like to a beginner that wants to be an influencer or just work with brands, how do you do it? Oh yeah. There's so much that goes into this, but I feel like working with brands seems like a very scary, intimidating thought when you're first starting it off. And I feel like the biggest mistake I see a lot of people make is they think that they have to hit a certain follow amount, follower amount, or they have to have so much content out in order before they can just start reaching out to different brands. And I think that holds a lot of people back. They wait until they maybe hit that 10K mark, that 50K mark, and they're, they're not even close to getting there. And I just encourage you, no matter where you are in your journey, start pitching to brands now. The worst that can happen is they can say no, but don't let that hold you back. It's that whole thing. Like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. So cheesy, but, uh, it's so true. If you're not putting yourself out there, um, you're never going to obviously get a yes. And so first things first, yeah, just pitch yourself and then spend a lot of time researching brands that match 
your brand. I think this is a mistake I made when I first started off is I just wanted to reach out and accept any collaborations possible because it was so cool. It was such a new, exciting thing. Uh, but you really want to think about who you are, what's your niche and how can this brand fit into my brand? And also how can you fit into their brand? I think that a lot of times, um, you know, brands are looking for people who are really going to fit their message. And so if it's just not a good fit, then don't reach out and it's totally fine. There's going to be tons of brands out there for you to choose from. Um, and then when you do reach out to brands, uh, tell them what you can offer them. I think a lot of people think about, oh, I just want to get this free product or I just want to get paid. And they don't spend a lot of time telling the brand why they're worth it, what they can put, like provide and put on the table for them. Uh, and I think that's a big turnoff to a lot of brands because you know, mm -hmm. you're pitching to them. You're trying to say, Hey, this is why I'm worth it. And a lot of people are just like, Oh, I'd love to get free stuff from you and post a photo. Or I'd love to, you know, this is, these are my rates. And then I feel like that is like a big turnoff. And so you might hear a lot more no's doing that. So really spend some time thinking about what you have to offer. Everyone has something to offer first of all. So don't think you have nothing to offer. So figure <laughs> what it is though, that is special about you and your platform. Think about your audience and how the, their product would resonate with them and then use that as a pitching point and then kind of go from there and then continue to follow up. If it's no, now send a message out in the future. If you don't hear back, continue to just keep a tab on who you are talking to and follow up and chase those collaborations. Oh, that's mm. such good advice. Okay. That's I love that, so you, that you said pitch two brands because I think a lot of people have that assumption that you have to wait, like you just said, until you hit yeah. 10K or 50K. And then magically when you hit that number, brands will reach out to you. But it's like, mm -hmm. you got to put like, say, like you got to yeah. put the work in to actually reach out. I Evie, mean, you have a really good story about reaching out yeah. multiple times to a brand. Yeah, I literally reached out to this one specific like brand and company that mm -hmm. just was so perfectly aligned with everything that I was and everything that I was like loved and I knew we would be a really good fit. And I reached out to them like three times over like <laughs> two and a half years. And I got like hard nose the first, mm -hmm. I think two or three times. And I eventually like bought one of their products, which was like a pretty expensive product and did an entire photo shoot in, with the product, sent them the entire gallery and was like, Hey, here's a full gallery you can use for any of your marketing. I love what you guys do. If you ever want to collab in the future, let me know. And that's when I finally got like a yes of them being like, yeah, let's do another collaboration. Here's another product. Um, and all this stuff, but it took me like essentially three years buying a product and doing a shoot on my own and sending them the photos for me to actually oh get that collab, but it was worth it. And I was so glad I did. And sometimes you just have to keep knocking on the door until mm -hmm. they say yes. That's so awesome. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. Um, Josie, I would love to hear when, when you do a collaboration, what do you mm -hmm. feel your best advice is to establish like a long lasting, long-term relationship with a brand? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, first of all, establishing those long-term collaborations will be really your key to success when you're wanting to look into making this a full-time career. Uh, that way you're not spending so much time. I mean, ultimately you don't want to be pitching out to all these new brands all the time. If you could just pick these select few where you are working with them all the time, not only is that awesome for you and the brand both, but it also is really nice to your audience because they become very familiar with the products. They really trust and value your opinion because it clearly it's something that you love and you're constantly talking about. But getting there is a little bit more difficult. I always feel like when you are 
working with brands, don't be afraid to start deeper conversations with them. They're people too. It's not, mm-hmm. nothing to be afraid of when you're talking with them and negotiating with them. Clearly they see something in you that they love. And often what happens is when I do a collaboration with someone, let's just say either they reach out to me or I reach out to them. We go through with the collaboration, do whatever kind of deliverables they're asking of me. And after that's over, I usually follow up and I will kind of tell them, you know, I really love this collaboration. And then I might go ahead and outline a potential long-term collaboration and like what that would look like. Uh, And just kind of talk about how I feel like we could both fit in together um, and, and pitch it that way. You're essentially now you already pitched for the collaboration. Now you're pitching for this longer term collaboration and just start that conversation with them. Uh, there, I've had a few brands reach out to me wanting to set up long-term partnerships, but don't, you know, be afraid of your own power. You can easily set things up and, you know, give ideas that these brands might not even be thinking about. I think one pitching point too, is that when you are working with brands consistently, brands love having those go-to people that they trust. They know the results of all the campaigns that they do together. They're it's easy to talk to and you just become very familiar and close with each other, which I think is really cool. That's Mm. so good. And I love that. I feel like a lot of what you've stated is just get out of your comfort zone and pursue Mm -hmm. it on your own. Like stop sitting around and waiting for all these perfect opportunities, whether it's a one-time collaboration or a long-term relationship and collab, like get out and do it. If you want something like Mm -hmm. pursue it, ask for it, knock on the door And I love that. I think that's such a good perspective. And collabs can feel really scary, um, especially as you get into like asking larger brands or Mm -hmm. something like that. But it's worth asking and taking the risk. And literally the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a no. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the end of the world. If somebody's like, no, not at this time, it's not the right thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Josie, my next question is how do you go about bringing your own unique style to a collaboration? Because you're so good at this. And Aww. I feel like it can be – it's influencer-ing. I guess it's like mm-hmm. becoming a saturated field. And so how would you suggest just, yeah, creating your own spin and standing out? Yeah. So I see a lot of people when they do collaborations and they just hold up the product and it looks super – Addish and just very, I don't know. I, obviously, your followers are going to know this is a paid sponsorship of some kind, but I always try to make it seem like it flows with my content. And so I do a lot of thinking because it's definitely more difficult to get a product integrated into your content and make it seem seamless with everything else. But that's ultimately my goal. So let's just say maybe I'm working with a shampoo company instead of just holding up the bottle and like sitting in a chair somewhere, I might think about you know, finding a cool all pink or all blue like backdrop somewhere and then getting some bubbles involved or like photoshopping some bubbles on the photo and doing some kind of fun pose. It's just a little bit different. And I just try to always think about ways I could elevate what it is that I'm doing. I always like to think my dad and I actually always talk about this is that like when you're posting paid sponsored, sponsored posts, you're spending and gaining social capital. So for every sponsored posts that you are posting out there, you're spending that social capital. And so you might be potentially losing your followers trust. So if you post too many sponsored posts, it could maybe come off very inauthentic. And so finding those sponsored posts that really flow seamlessly and, uh, you know, really gain your followers trust, get them involved and interested won't hurt you at all. And then I always like to think of just the creative filler posts and other posts where you're just creating conversation with your followers as gaining social capital. So I kind of like to think about it that way, but 
I always just try to strive for a very unique, fun photo that's going to be eye-catching. And also the caption's important. You want to be um, really authentic and really reach out to your readers and not make it seem disingenuine uh, and very just staged, like the brand told you to say this and you don't actually use the product at all because that is not what you want to be doing. Totally. Well, and I love, I love that because if you make it seamless, like in flowing with your feed and flowing with just like your work, I feel like it entices people. And if you write a really good caption Mm -hmm. with that sponsored post, I feel like it gives people a reason to actually comment other than like your fellow influencer friends that like get it and are trying to like help you out. (laughs) Yeah. To actually like talk about the photo. And especially if it's like a really cool artsy photo, it's like, that's way more better I can't talk today. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's way better than if it was like, just literally, like you said, just like standing there with a shampoo bottle, like, hi. You yeah, buy it. exactly. <laughs> like, hi, n- want nice hair? Buy this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. So uh, can you maybe walk us through, Josie, a little bit of your creative process? You said you put a lot mm-hmm. of like thought and intentional like yeah. effort into thinking through something. So like when you first get a collab, let's say mm-hmm. for that, I don't know, for something like unique or different, do you have like a step-by-step process or is it just kind of like sit down, think, idea strikes? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a little bit different each time. It kind of just depends on how easily the ideas come to me. Sometimes I get an email about a collaboration. I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I already have this idea in my mind. And then other times I have to kind of sit down and be like, okay, how can I make this interesting and fun and not just super basic? So um, a lot of times I I have on my Pinterest and also um, on my Instagram, I have little tabs where you can like, you know how you can pin or bookmark mm-hmm. things on Instagram um, where I actually have a saved place where I see, whenever I see really cool sponsored content from people, I actually save it. And I'm like, oh, this is a really unique concept. Same thing with um, on Pinterest. I'm always pinning inspo and things like that. So what I like to do, and I often uh, search like editorial photo shoots and stuff on Pinterest, just because I feel like it's a little bit more unique and more my style. I like to have it be a little bit more elevated and high quality. So I like to compile a bunch of, almost create like a mood board, if you will, of uh, things that are kind of inspiring me for this post. Um, And then I like to go through and look at all of them. Maybe it's a certain pose. I'm trying to create or something. And then I like to just come up with my own concept while being inspired by these images that I've seen. I never like to look at an image and be like, okay, I'm going to recreate every little thing about this photo <laughs> because that is not, I like to have my content be very uh, unique and um, just different. And so I'll use that as inspiration. And then I kind of brainstorm and think about locations near me that would be good for the photo. Um, think about my outfit choice, little things like that. And then I will go out and shoot the photo. A lot of times I will have those photos kind of like on hand just to kind of see if like the vibe is kind of what I've been thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. And then other times like just straight up ideas just kind of come to me that I just kind of go for. um, And there's not a ton of planning involved. It's just kind of easy to throw together. And so it looks a little bit different each time. I love that. I feel like that gives a lot of permission too for anyone out there currently doing collaborations or wanting to do collaborations of, Hey, like every, every shoot and lookbook or whatever is going to look a little bit different Mm -hmm. on 
the behind the scenes process. Cause I've, yeah. I've definitely experienced that too, of like, sometimes I've had a, a collab and I'm like, I, I know exactly, like mm-hmm. I already have this picture in my head. And then other times I'm like, I want to work with this brand and this product. And I love this product, but I have to sit down and try to make yeah. it unique and creative. So I feel like that gives a lot of permission for people to just kind of go with the flow on whatever the process mm-hmm. looked like for that one thing. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. Who thinks the legal part of running a biz is scary and expensive? Well, my friend, it doesn't have to be. Introducing the Contract Vault, which provides all access to reliable contract templates specific to the creative entrepreneur industry. On top of the contracts, you get access to the members-only Facebook group where Andrea Sager, the founder, teaches live every single month all about the legal stuff. Whether you've made $100, $1,000, $10,000, or a million dollars, you are still responsible for all the legal stuff, just like Fortune 500 companies are. You ain't exempt, honey. <laughs> the problem is that most of us entrepreneurs aren't lawyers, so the whole legal side of things can be crazy confusing. But the Contract Vault aims to arm you with all the legal knowledge in order to steer clear of those cease and desist letters and yucky lawsuits. All that messy stuff that you do not want to deal with. So sign up now at thecontractvault.com and use the promo code HEARTANDHUSTLE for 20% off to get your hands on more than 80 contract templates and the legal knowledge you need to crush it in your business. This question is not on my notes, but I just, it's a real quick one. What are your thoughts on (laughs) using like a DSLR photo and posting only DSLR photos or posting DSLR Mm -hmm. photos mixed in with Instagram photos? Because I feel like I've seen people do, do either. Yeah. Instagram, do you mean iPhone? Oh wait, what did I say? Instagram. You said Instagram photos. I'm I'm in the process of drinking more coffee, so I'll get more eloquent as we go. Um, I meant iPhone. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, I think everyone has different styles. I feel like there's been a huge iPhone photo movement um, where everyone's just posting tons of iPhone photos in their feed. I think I'll forever be a DSLR girl. I just love photography. I love everything that goes into the behind the scenes in setting up your settings and just creating a really cool composition. Um, But I have nothing against people who mix the two or people who are just all iPhone. I think it's kind of honestly just an artistic choice. and you can kind of just go from there. Uh, but I definitely have a harder time, I think, capturing images that I love on my iPhone. However, I love when people post iPhone photos. I always do. I'm just like, I just, I don't know why I can't do it. I just love my DSLR <laughs> and it's my baby. It's just nothing compares to it. So yeah, I feel that. We're, we're both like professional photographers <laughs> who struggle also to <laughs> hand off our DSLR in exchange for a phone. So yes, <laughs> like, uh, I can't do it. I just, I've seen like a movement where I feel like in the last year or so, we've seen like feeds becoming like almost a little bit less curated mm-hmm. because I think people are seeking that raw and the real. And I think stories blew up and like, that's almost yeah. like the raw unfiltered stuff is kind of coming into the story. I just was curious on your influencery uh, perspective on that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it makes me, it kind of makes me sad to see people who are super creative and very talented behind the camera, give up their talents for the trend of the minimalistic looking feed. Cause I feel like yeah. some people are just trying to fit the mold of whatever's popular. And so if you're one of those like people who's debating on if you should switch to iPhone, cause so many people are doing it, I would just stick with whatever you're best at. If you're amazing with your DSLR, then hone in on your talent and people will love it. It's not like DSLR photography is dead. It's 
it's very much a real thing. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. love it. And so I just like seeing people stick to their passions and whatever they're really great at. I love that. Okay. The next question that we have is there is just like a bad rap, I feel like on the word influencer and just influencers in general. So let's just break down. What are some big misconceptions that people have about being an influencer? Yeah, I feel like the biggest one is just that influencers are just, you know, a pretty face taking a photo. It's just posting a photo on a feed. How hard can it be kind of thing? And that could not be further from the truth. Uh, I mean, when you're an influencer or just, you know, a creative of any kind using the Instagram platform, I mean, oftentimes, like, I mean, I shoot a lot of my photos on a tripod. So it's like, I'm the photographer, the model, the editor, I'm my own brand manager. I negotiate collaborations. I deal with invoices and contracts. Like it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is really hard for people to grasp because they don't get to see all the little behind the scenes. And I feel like even on stories, oftentimes as like a blogger influencer, you just see like the highlight reel, or maybe you see little bits of of their day. And it's just like, oh, you're just literally showcasing your everyday life to everyone. I could do that too. But there's a lot of emails and computer work that you don't get to see that uh, goes into it. And I mean, I feel like I always have 10 million things that I could be working on and just like a never ending process. And so I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. I think a lot of people think it's just kind of um, an easy job, but there's definitely, you have to be talented to uh, be an influencer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it's because it like taking photos is like a fun thing, right? Like we think, yes. we look at that and like, oh, if you're like going out with your girlfriends, you take a photo of yourself or you take a selfie. And so mm-hmm. like the act of taking photos is associated with like casual fun outings and just like not work technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like on the front end, people think, oh, okay, it's it's not a job or it's just like lame or or it's just easy. But then like, like you said, there's so much that goes into it, just like negotiations mm-hmm. and contracts and you're the yeah. you're all of the people in one. And just, I love that you broke that down and spoke into that just because I it's so much work. And then to even mm-hmm. consistently create really unique and engaging content that inspires people, that keeps them wanting to follow, mm-hmm. that keeps mm-hmm. those collabs and those paid sponsorships seem not addy. So I I love it. You just spoke to that. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Josie, what would you say to someone out there who's maybe listening to this, who wants to become an influencer for the social media fame or the Instagram followers, like for the numbers? Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like this is something that a lot of people actually feel, whether they admit it and they're outwardly talking about it. Oh, I just want to be famous. Or if it's just like a secret that they have inside and that's what they're really chasing after. Um, and I think it's also become more and more popular. I think there's so many people and even like kids out there that are just wanting to seek that internet fame. I feel like TikTok's really blown that up too. (laughs) Um, but I think that it's important to know that you cannot like measure your success off of a number. Like if you're forever just chasing a number, the number's never going to be enough. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's something I've come to realize. I feel like for so long, it was super easy to grow on Instagram. Um, and it's just simply not as easy as it used to be anymore. And you know, I can't measure my success by looking at how many followers I have. It's all about your connection with those followers. You know, how many of those Mm -hmm. followers are actually loyal people? I mean, if you can change one person's life, I think that's a pretty big deal. And so, uh, I think that's what you should be focusing more on. Focus on your, uh, whatever talent you have, whatever, uh, interesting information you have to share with the world, focus on that and focus on, uh, getting those loyal fans. 
um, to follow you instead of just chasing a number, whatever it might be in your head, because you're never going to be satisfied. And uh, if you're just focusing on that, you're not, you're going to be neglecting all the important key things that actually go into finding success in the long run. Mm, that's that is so good. So well, good. <laughs> I feel like I this is like an overused saying and it's just it's overused but like the saying that's like I would rather have like 10 hardcore devoted followers than mm-hmm. like 10,000 that like don't care about me. Like why would you want like a bunch of followers that literally like are, don't care about you, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Um and you're going to get better engagement if those 10 followers actually care about you and are actually engaging with your content. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's good to to shift the perspective and the focus away from the numbers and back towards the impacts. Like I love what you just said, Josie, of like, if I can impact or or change or touch one person's life, like that's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think to just view it from that perspective, especially in those moments when the, you notice the numbers or the numbers really start to like get into your head again. Because I think at least in my personal journey, like there are a hundred percent times when I look at my number and I'm like, oh shoot, if mm-hmm. only I had a hundred K like, and there's those moments still come for sure. Um, but that's when I look around and I'm like, no, I'm like seeking to pour into the people who are here now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I have people here now, no matter the number is incredible. And so I am going to seek to encourage, empower, uplift, like impact these people right here, right now. Like that's what I'm seeking. And I think that always, at least for me, like shifts my focus back, like from the numbers and like more, more, more to serve, 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 Mm -hmm. Um, which I feel at least for me, like really inspires and like frees me up to actually do what I love. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like just to let you guys in on a little secret here, it's not that much different at 100K than it was for me at 50K or 10K. I always thought like when I was first starting off, like, oh, one day if I just hit 10K, everything would be awesome and the world would be perfect. (laughs) And it's like, I'm still me. I'm still working every day. Like nothing actually really changes. And so Mm -hmm. it's going to always feel that way though. I feel like they're just empty goals. I mean, sure, it's amazing to celebrate any kind of a, a milestone that you're hitting, but that's not like the end all be all. There's so many other more important aspects of your business and, you know, getting loyal customers, loyal followers, things like that, that are actually going to contribute much more to your success overall. And so, yeah, being, if your goal is just to be at the top that, you know, you should probably reevaluate, you know, your goals and what come up with something that's a little bit more meaningful and, uh, something that you can easily achieve, uh, Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So good. Well, and even on the topic of just like serving the people that you have following you already instead of just mm-hmm. trying to like gain, gain, gain. Yes. Not that, I mean, gain is good, but I always use the analogy of like Instagram is your party and you're the party host. And you're mm-hmm. like, it's, it's as if you have invited all these people into your party and it's like hopping. And instead of being the party hostess with the mostest, you like go out <laughs> on the street and like are screaming at everyone to come join your party while all your party guests are like, uh, is she just yeah. gone? Like that's literally the analogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, but anyway, yeah. okay. So on this topic, do you, Josie, have any like just tangible Instagram mm-hmm. hacks to? Uh, this is kind of ironic to what we were just saying, but like to actually grow <laughs> your following. Um, <laughs> not that numbers matter, but like let's give the people what they want, which is tangible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think my biggest piece of advice is show up show up for your followers, just basically what you were talking about. I mean, be there for the people you have 
And, you know, your things will, word will get around, things will spread. I mean, if you're not showing up and providing quality for the people who are already there, how do you expect more people to join you and stick around in the long run? I feel like unfortunately anymore, there's no secret formula. Like you must post seven times a week at this certain time of day and post this many stories and you'll gain a thousand followers a week. That just doesn't exist out there. And it's going to, things are going to look different for everyone. So don't beat yourself up if you feel like you're trying everything and you're not growing. My biggest piece of advice is just continue to show up and be authentic. That's huge. I feel like people can so see through someone who's just, you know, trying to fit in and say everything that people want them to say. And they're not really being genuine or authentic. I think that people love relating to even the little struggles that you might feel. So don't feel pressured to just make your life seem like it's this perfect bubble that it's not. I think people like getting a really deep inside look um, into everything that's going on. And that's what I think really attracts large groups of people is when you're establishing a bond with those influencers, you feel like you're their friend, you're messaging them back in their DMs, you're replying to all your comments. Uh, You want to make them feel like you're doing this for them. You want to make them, and that makes them want to tell their friends, uh, repost your content, engage with your content, which when more people engage in your content automatically, Instagram will oftentimes put it on the explore page, which does allow you to like new faces to see your content. And so there's a lot of little things in there, but you never know when you're going to hit the lottery and something does go viral or something that you say, you know, really impacts and reaches a lot of people and they share it to a larger amount of people. And so I think just, you know, really honing in on what your, your talent and your passion is and connecting with your followers that are already there. Oh, so freaking good. (laughs) Mike. I love it. Okay. Well, Josie, you are freaking amazing. This has been so much fun. Um, A question we love to ask every one of our podcast guests is, and it's a big one. So if you need a second to like, think about it, don't (laughs) worry. Um, what is the biggest lesson you have learned in business so far? I feel like, um, I feel like the biggest lesson that I've learned is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to get turned down by brands or by people. And it's also okay to not be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but never Mm -hmm. let that fear of those things keep you from putting yourself out there and trying again and continuing to do what you love. Don't let fear, my very favorite quote of all time is feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's kind of my life motto. Whenever I get scared or I'm afraid of rejection or whatever it may be, I kind of sit with that for a second. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to go in on it anyways. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned. You can't let the rejection, uh, you know, keep you from trying again. Mm. Uh, That's amazing. So good. Well, and with that, that was just like a perfect little (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good live lesson though. Just like keep going. Don't let fear Mm -hmm. hold you back and just like crush through it. I don't know what that Mm -hmm. analogy was, but anyways. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. Josie, you have been just so fun to talk to. It has been awesome to hear like your wisdom, all just about how to be an influencer, how to go about brand brand collabs and all that jazz. So thank you so Mm -hmm. much for giving us this time today to chat with you and just tell everyone where they can reach out with you, follow you, get connected with you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Josie.Bullard. I also just relaunched a whole new website. Um, it's www.JosieBullard.com. And I also have a podcast where I kind of talk about everything, Instagram from creative to the whole business side. And it's called Behind the Feed. So you can check that out there. 
Oh yes. my gosh, Josie, you're so fun. Thank you Aww, so much. And you. if anyone <laughs> fell in love with you on this podcast the way we did, like you guys seriously need to go follow Josie. She is incredible. I when I first saw her feed, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> drool. Um, so so, seriously, so much talent in this girl. So go check her out and listen to her podcast. She has amazing stuff over there as well. Thank you guys so much. I had so much fun talking with you ladies and I'll have to stay connected with you guys. Yes, Yes. for sure. (laughs) 